Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Of course, uh, keeping our eye on the Speaker of the House, the voting... A lot of flips today for Kevin McCarthy. People that didn't vote for him yesterday and now flipping their vote, voting for him today. Always uh, going to keep a close eye on that as uh, this develops today and uh, over the weekend. So today couldn't be considered a good day for Matt Gates. Now, whether it's fair or not, Matt Gates has kind of become the face of this movement to keep Kevin yeah. McCarthy out of the uh, Speaker of the House position. Like 20 of them, yeah. 20. Matt Gates, uh, Lauren Boebert, and a few others. But Matt Gates has been the most outspoken. Uh, the rumors that were circulating this morning was that late last night, a little let's make a deal was being done with Kevin McCarthy. Now, this is just what's being talked about. A little scuttlebutt on the interwebs, if you will. Uh, and what's in this deal is unknown. What we do know is that Chip Roy was asking for some rule changes. And again, Chip Roy from Texas, one of these 20 folks that were voting against Kevin McCarthy. Every time I hear Chip, I think of the grandpa on Talladega Nights. (laughs) (laughs) You going to let your son talk to their grandfather like that? I'm their elder. (laughs) I sure as hell am, Chip. I love the way they're talking to you. (laughs) I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Uh, Chip Roy, he wanted yes. amendments to the some of the bills, and Matt Gates wanted this rule that the bills would only have one major subject. So no more trying to squeeze some bull crap in the bill and then passing it through like in an omnibus. Now, no word yet whether or not those concessions were met but a lot of folks have flipped their vote today and if this continues kevin mccarthy is just a handful of votes away from being confirmed as speaker of the house i don't know about like like gates and some of these other guys that immediately you know they stand up and will nominate donald j trump and then turn around and walk out and immediately go on tv it's kind of shady to me in some respects. I understand they're trying to get what they want, and they want more power for Congress. I mean, Nancy Pelosi was a ball buster. Like she, she had a lot of things in there that they want to change this time around. One of them being, like, like for example, one of the concessions was like if if they wanted to get rid of Pelosi under her uh, tenure, then they would have had to like half the Democrats would have had to vote for it and it, just to get it on the floor. Um, now they want that change to just one person if they want a motion to vacate that seat for kevin mccarthy one congressman could go down there and put it up for a vote and so really just, a, just just an example of some of the other concessions probably uh, more seats on a um on committees for freedom caucus members just as a, as a quick example really that's all republicans are wanting they're wanting somebody to represent republicans the way that the old lady represented the democrats yeah Listen, say what you want about Nancy Pelosi. You might not like her, but if you are somebody that's super liberal and somebody that is a Democrat, 
You have to love what you got out of Nancy Pelosi. She impeached your arch enemy twice in the House, and every piece of radical left-wing bullcrap, she shoved it right down Republicans' throats. All Republicans are looking for is a little payback here, somebody that will do the same, not somebody that will sign off on some of these bills that Pelosi would give two geriatric thumbs up to. This is a new thought we're going to have to have. We have a five-seat majority, so it's not one side's going to get more than another. It's the entire conference is going to have to learn how to work together. So it's better that we go through this process right now so we can achieve the things we want to achieve for the American public, what our commitment was. So if this takes a little longer and it doesn't meet your deadline, that's okay, because it's not, it, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And if we finish well, we'll be very successful. That's Kevin McCarthy right there talking about the process and why it's taking so long. The one thing that I'm not hearing from McCarthy, though, Nige, is why he's the best man for this job. Lots of best men for this job. It's not like he's the only one that could do it. No, but I'm not hearing his case, right? If I saw Kevin McCarthy walk up to the podium and say, you know what, I want to do this. I'm the best, the most qualified person because of this. And he lays out his case. I'd have a little bit more respect for the dude. But right now, he's just saying that he feels like he's waited his time. Almost like Shooter McGavin and Happy Gilmore. It's Shooter's time. It's Shooter's turn. Well, just because you've waited your time doesn't necessarily mean that you should be the next person selected. But it looks like the momentum is on his side. More than a dozen uh, Republicans have flipped today, and we will keep an eye on that story. Hey, you want to hear someone stupid? (laughs) Yeah, our our audience tuned in for that. They're They're listening to us right now. Sure. If you want to hear someone stupid, turn up your radio, because here's uh, Mara Gay from the New York Times on MSNBC. Fox News' impact not only on the Republican Party, but actually also on Republican voters. I mean, what must the voters who sent these individuals to Washington think of our government if this is who they they sent? I mean, you know, when you talk to some of these individuals, you get a sense that, you know, well, politicians are all crooks anyway, and the government's a joke anyway, or you know what, let's burn it to the ground. And really, you know, that's what these people were sent to do, um, or to make a mockery of it. I mean, the other element here you touched upon a couple minutes ago, which is just that some of these individuals were people who uh, were really only elected based on a litmus test to stop the tide of diversity in the country, the browning of America, the fears oh, that surround okay. that. I can't take her vocal fry. She talks like this and stopping the diversity. So if oh, you're keeping score nuts. at home, according to Mara Gay of the New York Times, don't you dare have questions about the United States government. You're a horrible person if you question anything that the government is doing right now. And oh, by the way, you're a racist. Mm-hmm. Heard a lot of that going around. You're a racist. And hey, speaking of racist on MSNBC, here's Joy Reid. <laughs> Republicans love to talk about black people in two specific ways. The first way is to boost the identity politics while patting themselves on the back, which of course clears the way for their favorite tactic of misusing the words of a civil rights icon. Cue the one MLK quote they know. We do not seek 
to judge people by the color of their skin, but rather the content of their character. Ah, yes, we've reached the quote MLK portion of the program. Never mind that Donald's supports voter suppression efforts, which disproportionately hurt black Americans. But since when do details matter? Any black guy will do, especially one who's very nice, big in stature, and goes along with the program. Please tell me more about this voter suppression I keep hearing so much about, especially in Georgia, how they've had record turnouts from whites, blacks, and everybody else. Record turnout in places like Georgia where these laws are in place. Please spare me the accusations of identity politics when it comes to Republicans. Democrats are the party of identity politics. That's all they care about is checking off boxes. Okay, please. That, that, that was so, I mean, I rolled my eyes. You can probably hear me rolling my eyes when she said that. You're so right. Look at the movers and shakers of the Democratic Party. Kamala Harris was selected as the vice president. Why? Because she's not white and she's a woman, even though she hates Joe Biden. Like, she hates Joe Biden. Uh, sure. I mean, she called him a racist in the Democratic primaries. Some of your folks that were... Uh, now you're working for the guy. <laughs> ...to be faces of the military. You've got men who dress as women, who steal luggage from the airports. That's yeah. a separate story. You've got... Uh, Mayorkas, well, he checks a certain box. He was picked to lead Homeland Security, and he's a disaster. Look what's happening at the southern border right now. It's so bad, even Kamala won't go down there. (laughs) So, yeah, Joy Reid, let's pump the brakes a little bit on talking about identity politics. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Yeah, man, good news. They took the uh, breathing tube out of Damar Hamlin's uh, mouth and throat. He's able to uh, breathe on his own, talk to his family. I believe I saw somewhere that he uh, FaceTimed uh, his fellow teammates. That's good news, man. That That is. is. I mean, from a guy that just collapsed on the field and your heart stopped beating to... You know, being intubated, uh, not exactly knowing how he, you know, how it was going to turn out to FaceTiming your teammates a couple of days later is uh, incredible. And hat tip to the medics and first responders that saved that young man's life. Because I keep hearing about how the announcers did such a great job. Oh, <laughs> Joe Buck and Ryan they, Clark. They handled it so well. Scott Van Pelt oh. handled it so well. That's such a media thing to do for media people to praise other media people. How about the dude that gave CPR on the field? The guy that yeah. nobody knows who his name no is? Clue. Or the ambulance driver that backed that big mama jamma up to the middle of the field and sped to the hospital, probably making the least amount of money of anybody involved. These are the heroes of this story, man. And again, the miracle of modern medicine. We live in a great country, man, that this dude allegedly didn't have a heartbeat on the field for at least a little bit, and now he's FaceTiming with teammates and talking to his teammates again by the end of the week. Are they still saying that Indy could be in play for that AFC title game? Because they canceled the game. They, they, they're not replaying. They, they canceled the Bengals-Buffalo game. They had a playoff inf- implications. Right. right. So the NFL owners are having a big powwow today, like a big Zoom meeting, and they're talking about what they want to do with home field advantage. And there's a theory out there. It hasn't been approved yet, but there's a theory out there that if they want to do neutral site games as a make good, 
because that game that got canceled had home field advantage ramifications involved that Indianapolis could be in the mix for the places that host a neutral site playoff game or AFC championship game. So we'll see. Uh, I know the Kansas City Chiefs, they're probably not in a real big hurry to sign up for something like that because they yeah. you know, could have had home field advantage without whatever happened in that game. So a lot of drama, but I would love to see Indy host a game like that. Heck, bring more people to the city, spend some money at our bars and restaurants, knock yourselves out. For this next story, I'm going to need a little mood music. would be the theme music of one Vince McMahon. Doing the billionaire strut. (laughs) So this was a story in the Wall Street Journal, okay? This wasn't some sort of wrestling bit or part of the storyline on WWE. This is in the Wall Street Journal, Fox News, the New York Post. Vince McMahon, who left uh, being in charge of the WWE a couple months back because there were some sexual harassment shenanigans oh some hush money stuff going some on some hush money stuff going on i thought he was in bad health a that little bit of everything it. yeah well now i guess he's back as the member of the board of directors oh. after that scandal and he's planning to sell off the company like screwing over his daughter who's kind of running it right now stephanie mcmahon so we figured who better to break down this big story in the world of professional wrestling than our old producer tkw who joins us on the drive hubler.com hotline kyle Kyle wells how are you (laughs) hammer nigel first and foremost happy new year and thank you for having me back Uh, i miss you guys We miss you, Kyle, and we're glad to see you're doing well at Wrestling Inc. You're one of the hosts for the content they're doing. So take me through what's happening with this Vince McMahon story here. Is he screwing over his own daughter? Well, Brett didn't, or Vince didn't screw Brett. Brett screwed Brett. Little throwback there. But man, I tell you what, the past 24 hours have been really wild in the world of professional wrestling, there are so many rumors just flying around and rampant. Is Vince going to sell the company? Is Vince going to come back and be a character? Is Vince going to enter in the Royal Rumble? <laughs> and it, it, is, it is pandemonium out here, and we're going to find out more here as the day progresses. WWE is going to hold a meeting relatively soon, so we should know a lot more as the day goes on, but man, it is really sounding like Vince McMahon might do the unthinkable and sell the company. And I think it's because he's no longer really a part of the company. So if he can't have it, nobody else can. You're fired. (laughs) Is that what this really is about? Like they kicked him out. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, hey, take your scandals, take take your scumbag lifestyle, get the hell out of here. We want your daughter, Stephanie, and Triple H to run this company. Well, now he's coming back in like this hostile takeover, and it sounds like he wants to burn the whole thing to the ground. Yeah, I'll tell you what, as a loyal WWE guy, and I you know, bombarded you guys with this for the past five years. Oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the product went stale there. 
But ever since Vince stepped away and Stephanie and Triple H have been running the company, they have resurrected WWE. They've given it a little shot, so to speak. Shot to the ass, as, as Donald Trump would once say <laughs> to Joe Biden. And uh, they've been well, doing a great job. Will so you, will you, kinda, hey, hold on, Hammer, you tell me you were just at a WWE event on Monday. How was it? The Monday Night Raw in uh, Nashville. So Did I'm a casual fun? fan, right? I don't follow it as closely, obviously, as Kyle does. You know, I watch the pay-per-views with my kids and things like that. But it was fun. And Kyle's right. The storylines have been so much better since Vince McMahon left. Uh, it's been fun. They've b- developed new characters. I've been on board with it. But, Kyle, can you answer this question? If you're somebody that enjoys the product right now, is there any danger of that being completely screwed and taken away? I would definitely be worried, especially if I'm one of the WWE superstars, especially the ones that Vince fired, that Triple H brought back, because now there's a p- possibility that they might get fired again or let go. Uh, It's so crazy. And I have no idea what Vince is going to do, but I would not be surprised if he does get the right deal from, I don't know, Disney, NBC, Amazon, Amazon prime. All it takes is the right amount of money. And Vince will make the deal. I mean, he's back on as, as one of the board members, right? it's hey Kyle what's the relationship yeah. like between Stephanie his daughter who runs the company now and Vince do they have bad blood you know there's got to be something going on there where you know Christmas was probably not very fun for the McMahon family uh this past holiday season I think there probably is some tension there between Vince and Stephanie and Triple H because Triple H and Stephanie obviously want to keep the company within the family, but if Vince sells it, then the company is no longer in the McMahon family. So I would think that there would be some bad blood there between Vince and Stephanie. How are you doing, man? Yeah, man. What have you been up to? (laughs) I'm doing great, fellas. Wrestling Inc., this is a dream job. Um, Every day is an adventure walking in here. I get paid to talk about wrestling. And I get a host wrestling videos that you can watch. Do you miss Snapchat. working with this show? Yes, actually, I do. I, I miss you guys. Uh, it's a whole different animal. Um, it's a little more peaceful here at Wrestling <laughs> Inc. But is there a wrestling ring and wrestling ink? Like, is there like a wrestling ring where you guys can go and like wrestle each other at lunchtime? It's funny you say that, Nigel, because I have been influencing Wrestling Inc. to get a wrestling ring up Good here for you. Media. Good for you, Kyle. Um, hey. And I have been spreading my wrestling all over the place. So hopefully one day there will be a wrestling ring up here. One more time before we let you go here. Again, Kyle Wells of Wrestling Inc., one of their hosts and content uh, gurus. Give us one more good background laugh before we let you go, Kyle. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> TKW, we appreciate you. buddy. Hey, love you guys. I'll see you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hammer, it's just awful. I mean, like the first few homicide victims here in Indianapolis in 2023 have all been teenagers. 
I mean, I just, I can't even believe him. We just talk about it so matter-of-factly, you know. Like, it, it's it's really should be, it's just a blight on our city. The first three homicides of 2023 in Indianapolis are teenagers. When you look at the numbers, just, 14 people shot, four stabbed, uh, and this is just in... A total of five days because today's the sixth we don't have all the information for today yet so in five days 14 shot four stabbed three teenage homicides you had Ugh. a 17 year old brandon banks who was killed on ingram street yesterday on january 2nd 15 year old james martin died and on january 3rd 16 year old michael mason jr was killed shot and killed at the Castleton Square Mall. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Uh, I mean, any homicide age is unacceptable. Yeah, I was getting but ready to say, but the fact that they're teenagers, man. 100% okay. of our homicides this year, all under the age of 18. That's so disturbing. Now, we do have a little bit of an update on that Castleton Square Mall shooting that took place. From what we're hearing, a mistaken car led to the shooting that led to the death of the 16-year-olds and a 21-year-old being shot. So you had two people coming out of the mall, 21-year-old and a 16-year-old, and I've done this before. You see a car that looks like yours, and you try to open up the door. Yeah, I've done that before. That sounds like what happened here, and somebody was inside of that car and fired shots and killed the 16-year-old. Michael Mason Jr., and injured yeah. the 21-year-old. The 21-year-old man still recovering uh, from his wound, but Michael Mason Jr. was shot and killed. Now, the 21-year-old's father, Eddie Smith Sr., he's a local pastor here in Indianapolis. He spoke to Wish TV. This was basically a kid, a 16-year-old kid, grabbing the door handle and trying to get into a car that's identical to my son's car and my this kid being gunned down. I did this just a couple weeks ago, man. I was coming out of Kroger and there was a car that was just like mine. And I, you know, I'm looking at my phone, carrying the bag, not yeah. paying attention. And I almost you know, try to open the door of the wrong car. So that was the father of the of the one that survived, the 21-year-old? Correct. Uh, now, police initially said that an altercation took place in that parking lot before the shots were fired. But again, yeah. uh, the pastor, Eddie Smith Sr., tells Wish TV that's not what his son said. From inside the car, just unloaded on him and then got out, shot him some more while he was down, and then began to chase after my son. And when he caught my son... My son had to crawl into a fetal position, a ball. Again, there was absolutely nothing, no ill intent, no ill will. There wasn't an altercation. This guy murdered a kid. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it's just incredibly bad luck. I don't know who this guy is that was in the sitting in the car. Did he think he was being attacked in some way? Carjacked? Uh, I mean, to shoot somebody through to, the window yeah. seems like a little bit of an overreaction, yeah, isn't it? Obviously, absolutely should be charged with murder. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, I, I just don't, I don't get what was going on yeah. with the 21 year old and 16 year old. Were they up to no good? Did they start a fight in the parking lot? Now, again, this is from the 
21-year-old's father, uh, Pastor Eddie Smith Sr., he says that his son is part of a mentor program. Okay. And they were at the mall. He was at the mall with his mentor project, uh, the 16-year-old, just hanging out, having some food, and then they were leaving, and that's when everything turned to hell. He kind of likes taking uh, young guys under his wing. Um, he went to state in wrestling. I mean, All-American. He played lacrosse um, and, and just, just an all-around good kid. And, you know, for this to happen is, you know, to, to be going to the mall to grab something to eat and to hang out and to not make it home is just unacceptable. It just shows you crazy random stuff could happen at any time, especially if you're not necessarily paying attention. I don't lay the blame on the 16-year-old at all, though. I, I, I really don't. If, if what this guy is saying is true then the, the guy i mean you accidentally open somebody's car door thinking it's yours and the the reaction is to pull out a gun and kill him and according to the father hey. chase the other person yeah. down almost like you're hunting the other person uh again that's one side of the story police initially said there was an altercation so i don't know it's exactly like, what's going on here they have the guy well, no arrest has been made. Uh, police held the man who fired the shots as a person of interest, and it's not clear if that person is still in custody or not, or if charges are going to be filed. So if we find that information out, we will certainly pass that on to you. Do you believe this? According to Newsweek, Russia claims to have shot down a UFO this past week, Nige. <laughs> <laughs> really? They got to distract from the fact that their invasion of Ukraine is an abject disaster. So they're bragging about a UFO. Russia shooting. claims to have brought down a UFO in the southern Russian region of Rostov. The uh, governor wrote on Telegram that the UFO was, quote, a small-sized object in the shape of a ball and flying roughly a mile and a half high on January 3rd. The object was spotted. A decision was made to shoot it down. This is all according to the same Newsweek report. Now, there is some video. You can search on Twitter and find Russian UFO. There is something in the sky. But, I mean, this is not that far from the Ukrainian border. It's 100 miles from the Ukrainian border. There's a war going on. Hell, it could have been anything. I have no idea. Could have been a missile. Here's the other thing about every piece of footage I've seen of of UFOs is taken by the military. Back in the early 2000s, they call it the Tic Tac video. There's no way you're shooting that thing down. It's too quick and too mobile. And there's there's no way any piece of uh, human technology could have taken down something like that. So for Russia to say they shot a UFO down, it's like I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. In the video, yeah, it looks like their version of the Patriot missile or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, watching it right now. Goes up into the sky and something like a gnat almost is flying around and it almost runs into it. And you see this little bitty explosion. But I would feel like if that stuff came crashing down to the earth, somebody would have had pictures of that right because if you've got pictures of the whole thing happening in the sky why wouldn't you have pictures of whatever landed on the ground i don't know but this is the story that the russians are giving newsweek that they shot down a ufo
Uh, we've got Kylan as our producer today. Miss Kylan, can I get some mood music, please? Big night tonight, Nige. The Mega Millions drawing around 11 o'clock tonight. Billion? $940 million. Yes. Close to a billion. 940. So if you win, <laughs> would you take the cash state settlement, like the big one lump sum, which they take a crap ton away from you, but you get a lot of money, boom, there it is. Or do you want the annual payments? I've always heard that you're supposed to take the lump sum, but I've also heard an argument for the, the payments that will never run out. So if you're an idiot and you spend all, all, you know, however much you get from the government after taxes, like $500 million, which people have been known to do, or lotteries have ruined people's lives and relationships, um, maybe, yeah, I've heard a case for the, uh, the, the annual payouts. Because at least then you have a set amount, you know what you're coming in, you know how much to spend every year. And I don't know the answer to this, but if you die, can you will that to somebody? Or does the payment stop at that point? Because if I'm somebody older or if I'm somebody that's not in good good health, then I'll take the one lump sum. How ticked off do you think people would be if Elon Musk won it tonight? (laughs) Or Donald Trump. Elon Musk or Donald Trump won the $940 million (laughs) Mega Millions jackpot tonight. I don't even need the money. He puts it out on Twitter. (laughs) He lights the ticket on fire. Well, some people say he lit, you know, all that money on fire when he bought Twitter. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, in honor of the big drawing tonight, the Hammer and Nigel Show proudly bring to you great moments and local TV reporters talking about the lottery history. Hammer and Nigel present great moments in local TV reporters asking people <laughs> about the lottery history. Hey, what's the very first thing you're going to do? Man, I think, I, honestly, I try to get me a, a shrimp boat, you know? going to business because like i mean like you know it's kind of been a chores on the fishermen down there you know we, and i ain't really no work around here man and, you know i was supposed to go play some college ball man but quit school man broke up with that girlfriend of mine she started cheating on me man great moments <laughs> and local tv reporters asking people about the lottery history and this little TV reporter guy. All right, good luck, sir. You sound like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. <laughs> and by the way, that's an actual rational thing to do. I mean, that, that actually that surprised me a little bit. It wasn't like I got to buy a bunch of hookers and cocaine. <laughs> no, I'm going to start a business and buy a shrimp boat. That he also had to flame the uh, cheating, cheating girlfriend, girlfriend as yeah. well. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. By the way, keeping a, a, an eye on the uh, vote for Speaker of the House. The House, by the way, this is breaking news. The House has voted to adjourn until 10 o'clock tonight. Oh, come on! <laughs> come on! After what, the 13th or 14th ballot? Uh, the House has voted to adjourn until 10. Kevin McCarthy making a statement who once that House Speaker role just came out and said he thinks he will have enough votes tonight when they return. Now he's up to what? Two, 214? He needs 218. Right. He's getting closer. There's been a lot of flips yeah. today. So the momentum is on the side of the swamp right now. So we'll see what happens <laughs> when they get back together tonight. 
Now, did you stay up to watch the end of the Purdue game or any of the Indiana game last <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it was an early night in the Nigel household. 9 30, 10 o'clock was uh, what time the eyes were shut last night. So I didn't really. How was that an early night for you? That's pretty much every it's, night. It's, it's isn't a late it? night, actually, to be honest. Because <laughs> for those who don't know, we leave here a little bit after seven. And I'll text Nigel probably 8.39, hey, let's do this bit on the show tomorrow. And I won't hear a damn thing until the morning. <laughs> That's how I know you're already asleep. Now, I, I'll usually respond at like 3 o'clock in the morning when I get up to take a leak. And I, <laughs> I, use, I have to use my phone so I won't trip over anything in my room. And that's when I that's when I'll respond. Well, it was a uh, big but I'm win. Glad, yeah, I'm glad I didn't stick around for that IU. Game, oh, big sure. win by Purdue. Yeah, that was a come yeah, from yeah. behind win, uh, a late game three pointer, a good road win against a ranked Ohio State team. Good win for Purdue. And then Indiana played, <laughs> and they had 13 days to prepare for a short-handed Iowa team that had not won a game in the Big Ten yet, and IU was up by 20-plus points. And I thought, all right, here we go. Man. They blew it, and they ended up losing that game in (sighs) Iowa last night. And keep in mind, it's not like the hostile Iowa crowd was rocking and rolling. The students are still on break. So there was a lot of empty seats in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, and the Hoosiers still laid an egg yesterday. Now, toward the end of the game, there was a little heated moment where Iowa's coach, Fran McCaffrey, I mean, this dude is a total red ass. I mean, he just yells all the time. Face gets beat red. He kind of got into it with the IU bench, and the coaches were talking trash to each other. Like an IU assistant, an Iowa's coach, they initially called a technical foul on Fran McCaffrey of Iowa. Okay, yeah, probably well-deserved. The refs got together. They took it away and said, ah, screw it. It's just boys being boys. No technical foul. And this was a big decision late in the game. Well, IU ends up losing by just a couple, and this was IU's head coach, Mike Woodson, after the game. I'm not even, even going to comment on that because that's, that's bullshit is what it is. <laughs> you know, and you can, you can print that. Because, again, when you can allow coaches to come across half court into your, your space, that's bullshit. It is. The question I wanted to ask you about that, Mike, was uh, it looked like one of the officials called the technical foul. He did call the tech, and he pulled it back. Really? Which was bullshit. <laughs> guy should have been thrown out of the goddamn game. <laughs> Three BS bombs and a and GD all in uh, the span of 30 seconds. Now, I want to credit Jake Query for this at our uh, sister station, 107.5 The Fan. Okay. Full credit where credit was due. It was Jake Query of The Morning Show that brought this to my attention this morning. Mike Woodson sounds an awful lot like Tone Loke. Again, when you can allow coaches to come across half court into your your space, that's bullshit. It is. And we go a little something like this. <laughs> Hit it. I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to comment on that because yeah. that's, that's bullshit. Is what it is. Funky you know? <laughs> Madina. He's absolutely right. Is what it is. I see it now. Hat tip to Jake Query. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Oh, man. 
voting going on in the House right now. Trying to find that Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, trying to drum up enough votes. The House has voted, and they're adjourning until 10 o'clock tonight. Oh, come on. So we're going to get the old Friday night news dump. They're going to pick a Speaker of the House about 11 o'clock tonight, and nobody's going to give a damn. I mean, he's about four votes shy of where he needs to be. He's flipped a lot of votes today. Um, and it's curious, like the last, uh, the last vote um, on the ballot, um, nobody uh, cast their votes. Like no opponents nominated anyone for speaker the second time around today. So uh, maybe interest is flagging here a little bit. It's of course you're not going to get Gates or Bobert to to flip their votes. I think I, I think there's a lot of self-aggrandizing with those two like loves to be in front of the camera loves the attention loves to leverage their power to get what they want for personal gain doesn't mean that they're not uh, right but you're right too like both things can be true like you can not like kevin mccarthy but you can also say that matt gates loves matt gates Lauren Boebert loves some Lauren Boebert. Love the TV cameras, love the attention. But they're on record now as saying by 10 o'clock tonight, they'll have enough votes to end this thing. And Kevin McCarthy's wildest dreams can finally come true (laughs) of being the Speaker of the House. The rumors were starting to circulate this morning that McCarthy had cut a deal with some of the holdouts. A lot of the members of the Freedom Caucus, uh, a lot of deals were made because quite a few votes flipped from yesterday to today. But Matt Gates will not be one of them. Here is Matt Gates on Kevin McCarthy. You only earn the position of Speaker of the House if you can get the votes. Mr. McCarthy doesn't have the votes today. He will not have the votes tomorrow, and he will not have the votes next week, next month, next year. And so one must wonder, Madam Clerk, is this an exercise in vanity for someone who has done the math, taken the counts, and is putting this institution through something that absolutely is avoidable? Is avoidable. So there's Matt hmm. Gates, but it sounds like maybe he will be selected later on tonight got to get a few more of those votes to flip and then you will have a speaker of the house he's had to negotiate and he's been i I feel like you know he's negotiated a lot so far there's maybe some stuff behind the scenes we still don't know about but like the one member motion to vacate where uh you know the threshold needed to force a vote to to kick out the speaker is just one member instead of like half half the members as it was under Nancy Pelosi. Keep on talking about the Freedom Caucus and how they won a couple of seats on the House Rules Committee. Uh, term limits changes to you were talking about earlier the uh, appropriations process and some of the some of the the pork that's in some of these bills that they they try to get passed through. So there's been a lot of negotiating behind the scenes. I I gotta tell you, man. I, I we always learn in this business, new people are turning tuning in every fifteen to twenty minutes. New people are, are coming to the show. Other people are tuning out. They're getting home. I'm wondering how many people are are actually truly on the edge of their seat, wait, biting their nails, waiting for uh, Kevin McCarthy to be named House Speaker, who's actually paying attention to this stuff as closely as we are be honest with yourselves and answer this 
what are you going to be watching at 10 o'clock tonight? The Pacers game, <laughs> On Patrol Live, or the House Speaker vote? Probably uh, uh, Yellowstone for me on DVR. <laughs> you know, I am, I've made it clear I mean, I'm not a fan of McCarthy. I don't think you keep putting the same people in positions of power who keep letting you down, but it almost feels like it's inevitable at this point. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, they are adjourned and they'll come back tonight around 10 o'clock and we'll see if four more votes can be flipped in favor of Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Kylan, can I please have some mood music? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. What? Nigel? What's going on here? It's January. I thought we were done with this. Today is Democrat Christmas. It's January 6th. Oh, okay. I got it. Democrats love January 6th more than they like Christmas, certainly more than they like July 4th, which they view as a very racist holiday. This is what they've been waiting for. <laughs> Keep in mind, this anniversary of what happened at the Capitol a couple of years ago, Kamala Harris... Your current vice president has compared it to both 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Wow. Dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them, where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. That's an egregious insult to the victims of 9-11 and their families to compare uh, a couple of hundred knuckleheads breaking into the Capitol building, uh, pooping on... Uh, Nancy Pelosi's podium and you compare that to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 shut up man you guys were not nearly as worried about the daily riots in this country and in multiple cities going on for weeks at a time but you have one you have a few hundred knuckleheads and they were wrong and they should be arrested and and uh, of course you know given their time in um in court but you gotta I, I just i roll my eyes man i've been saying that all day i've been i've been rolling my eyes a lot today i've had enough of this crap well then you better get your eyes adjusted because here is kareen jean pierre ha, ha, ha. so i'll first say and you've heard me say this many times and the president as well uh we've been very clear from the beginning that what we saw on january 6 was the worst attack on our democracy since the civil war <laughs> Okay. You know what I'm watching right now is something pretty abhorrent. I'm watching uh, Ashley Babbitt's mom being arrested on the, on the anniversary of January 6th today, trying to put up a memorial outside the Capitol building for her daughter. Now, uh, Ashley Babbitt was the only one that was killed of those trying to get into the Capitol. From police officers to the rioters, there was only one death attributed to that day, and it was Ashley Babbitt. Unarmed Trump supporter, shot at point-blank range, veteran, and, uh, you know, people were applauding the police officer that did, did, did that. When, trust me, you, 
I mean, during the riots in the summer of love, if there would have been an unarmed social justice rioter break into a police precinct and been shot down, been put down, there would have been uh, extremely different circumstances, (laughs) right? I didn't see Ashley Babbitt's name on the back of any NBA jerseys. Uh, Kylan, can you turn my computer up here? Would you like to hear uh, your president, your commander-in-chief, talking about the specific date on the calendar today, January 6th? Would you like to hear Joe Biden, Nige? Oh, sure. The impact what happened on July the 6th had international repercussions beyond what I think any of you can fully understand. Did I catch a July the 6th (laughs) in there? The impact what happened... On July the 6th, had international repercussions. <laughs> July the 6th. Good God almighty, this guy. Um, <laughs> and again, on January 6th, we're led to believe that a guy in a buffalo suit almost took over the country, right? That's what they want us to believe, that a guy in a buffalo suit and a Viking hat almost became the makeshift president. The smiling, waving toboggan guy holding Pelosi's podium. And that was how our country was almost overran. But as you said earlier, Nige, the summer of love, 2020. Oh, it was excused by corporate media. It was almost encouraged. Uh, look, mostly peaceful process. Billions of dollars were the damage. But uh, or it was mostly peaceful riots. Right? The protests in late spring were mostly peaceful, yeah, but damage from looting and arson will cost $1 to $2 billion in claims. That's according to the Insurance Information Institute. <laughs> mostly peaceful protests. $2 and any time one of these folks gets arrested for capital riot-related offenses, the government makes it sound like they just busted El Chapo. <laughs> Right? They just busted public enemy number one, like the biggest serial killer in the world. And this brings us to O.J. Simpson, because (laughs) I remember when the first charge was made in the Capitol riots, O.J. was out on the golf course and put this little video together. From January 6th, one of the guys um, uh, got convicted, I think, on four charges, which is going to be kind of a watershed moment for the, all the other guys who have been ch- charged. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talking now uh, for the people who say it was a peaceful demonstration. You don't break windows and break locked doors on peaceful demonstrations. I'm just saying. I mean, the juice. I mean, he would yeah. know, right? That's a man that knows his way around the legal system. And it seems like only yesterday that our longtime newsman, Stan Lear, was working on this program. And we had him read some responses to that video (laughs) that OJ did out on the golf course. At Papa ZAO. Hey, Juice, you're a great legal mind. Thank you for your takes. Did you craft this skill over your many hours in a courtroom when facing criminal charges for double murder? (laughs) At Nico Maddis. Great to see you're still able to slice up the greens, Juice. At Pedro in Calgary. That is some cutthroat commentary, Juice. At Calvin J. 85. Ron and Nicole never got the opportunity to storm the Capitol. At Bob Ragulevich. I think I saw the real killers at the beer cart on the 13th green. At Hurricane Randall. I see OJ is out on the links wearing his lucky stabbing hat. Stan Lear, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> longtime iconic newsman uh-huh. here at WIBC. His legacy remains. Going back to Joe Biden, talking about that 
historic thing that happened on July 6th. <laughs> Courtney tweets at us, at Hammer and Nigel, imagine such a horrible attack on democracy that the president can't remember the date. Is this anything next? Hammer and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Oh, yeah, Hambone. How do we play Is This Anything? I'll run stories by you. You simply tell us if they're anything or not. It's pretty simple. Is this anything? Two guys in Washington State are accused of targeting four substations just to commit robbery. I I heard about this. A I, I, couple guys are being yeah. blamed by the FBI like the, after analyzing their phone records uh, about this attack on the substations. Here is U.S. Attorney Nick Brown talking about how these types of attacks on these power stations are becoming more common. There is a heightened concern, certainly in this area of the Northwest, to be on guard for these sorts of attacks. We've seen it in some similar attacks here uh, last year. Also down in Oregon, I don't know if there's any connection between any of those incidents, but to see an increase in those overall attacks, it, it has our attention. Uh, I don't, I mean, it's something when you got guys attacking the power grid. I just, you're telling me these guys are just trying to rob a store? <laughs> That's why they, like, I, I saw this story and I'm thinking, oh man, this is some sort of sophisticated, coordinated, underground, syndicate of radical, violent uh, climate extremists or is this a test run for some or sort of something like plan? that well no it turns out these guys are trying to rob a 7-eleven <laughs> i don't know what building they were trying to rob actually but it makes you feel a little bit better that it's not some uh you know some organization that's uh that's doing this all over the country now tinfoil hat do you believe it do you believe what the government uh, is telling you here nige put that tinfoil hat on because i'm not sure i do nothing to see here just a couple of guys trying to rob a store they just wanted slurpees that's why they blew up the substation (laughs) okay sure i believe that these guys sound like a couple of geniuses yeah (laughs) we'll we'll just uh, take out the entire power grid so we can break in and should i I be concerned though that it's that easy like again, going back to the whole Dude. organized thing. Yeah. Like, if this country has some sort of power grid attack, whether it's from China, Russia, whoever, we're in trouble. We've got problems if that I, I goes was, down. I was down in Florida when uh, um, the last night I was down there. It was in mid March for my wife's birthday. Uh, I think I think it was last year and a uh, an iguana fell into the uh, power lines down there took ho- took out like four city blocks. Oh no. So like if it's that easy for an animal to get into the power lines and take out an entire square mile how easy I mean how hard is it do you think to take out the power grid? Right. That's what I'm saying. This is a this is a problem the United States has to fix. Is this anything? This is more of a what would you do in this type of situation? You see three bags of white cheddar popcorn uh, dangling in a vending machine. Ooh, somebody's had a problem. Do you figure yeah. that the three people already got ripped off and move on, or do you think it's about time the machine pays out a four for one for you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm putting more money in. I got to try it again. 
a guy posted what happened when he tried going for it. Listen to how it ended. Gotta try, right? I'm either gonna get three or I'm gonna get none. See three. Let's see what happens. You've gotta be kidding me. I mean, at this point, it can't possibly go any higher, right? It's already touching the one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> it's gotta. So five are stuck. Do it again. Here we go. See three. <gasps> it got this it. Is absolutely maddening. I'm gonna do one more. See three. There's no way it doesn't oh, drop in this one, right? All right, everybody. This is it. This is for all the marbles. Here we go. See. Three. Come on, baby. Go. Drop. <gasps> it's like a slot machine paying off. Finally got that quarter slot machine to pay off. So how baby. many times did he have to pay then? Like two for seven? It was basically two for seven. Uh, he put it in two or three right. times. Six bags many- got trapped. And he ended up paying a little extra and he you got know, all the bags. And it ha- it's happened to every one of us. Anybody that's ever used a vending machine in their entire life, it's it's happened to all of us. And I was reading about this thing: the the you can't you couldn't rock this particular machine because it was bolted to the floor. But that's the go-to move, right? When something gets stuck, you start rocking that sucker back and forth. Right. You know, you grab it by the side and you kind of start shaking it, and you see what happens. You see what comes I, I've out. I've been burned by the vending machines in this building over my since two thousand and two. I mean, I've given hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of dollars to these vending machines, never been reimbursed once. Our bonus money is all stuck in that vending machine <laughs> yeah. on the sixth floor and the third floor yeah. that robs you every single time. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer's right over there with a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. Tommy Piggott joins us. Tommy, we got a number of places we can begin here. Uh, Let's start with the jobs report. We haven't talked about that yet. Uh, The jobs report came out earlier today. What do we need to know here? Because I see the Biden administration doing a victory lap on this thing. What's really going on with the jobs report? Well, they're doing a victory lap while Americans are getting poor. Uh, This jobs report marks 21 straight months of wages being negative, going down, following Biden passing that $1.9 trillion disaster that he passed early in his presidency. Inflation has really been destroying wages and really making Americans poorer across the board. And this report showed that. This report actually showed wage growth slowing even more. So while inflation remains high, wages are slowing, which means bad news for Americans worker, American workers. Now, the headline that we're going to see put out there from the administration is that the jobs report beat expectations. It added 223,000 non-farm payroll jobs. The unemployment rate ticked down to 3.5%. But it seems like the real issues here are the 
participation rate and the wages versus inflation. Is that correct? Well, that's exactly right. And I think first on the jobs numbers, who he has to thank for any job creation that we're seeing are Republican governors. Let's not you know, confuse the issue here where job creation is. Job creation is in Republican-led states. That's why people are fleeing blue states towards red states and close to record numbers. So Joe Biden to go out there and tout any job creation number is ironic given the fact that he's attacking governors that are actually creating these jobs. But then when it comes to the actual issues that Americans say are really hurting them in the pocketbook, it, are, it is those prices that you mentioned. And what we're seeing right now, again, is that wages are slowing as prices remain absurdly high. Inflation remains absurdly high. And unfortunately, Biden is unwilling to actually take steps to address inflation, like unleashing American energy, like stopping the wasteful exactly. spending. That's really what matters here. He could. He, there's stuff that he could do in terms of supply side policies that would... We talk about increased production to meet demand, and and you hit the nail on the head. There, he's he's not doing those things in terms of supply side policies that could maybe be help us out with a soft landing on you know when we're talking about a recession. He's really not, and the fact is that he's actually the only thing that he has done that maybe has contributed to a short-term decline in gas prices as releasing yes. oil from our reserve, which in the long run is only going to hurt our national security because we're left without a reserve. But basically, that doesn't affect the fact that now we have gas prices going up again. We have heating oil going up something like 28%. We have energy across the board skyrocketing. Diesel has remained high throughout its presidency, which is the fuel that really fuels the economy in terms of transporting large amounts of goods across the country. Diesel is that fuel. So he's not doing what he needs to do and what he could be doing. And I think a good example is back in uh, 2008 when prices were high under uh, George W. Bush. Uh, George W. Bush came out and said, we're going to unleash American energy. We're going to increase domestic oil production. And within a matter of six months, we saw oil prices decline by close to half. Uh, so really, Biden could go out there and say we're going to unleash American energy. And because of the futures market, that would have a close to instantaneous impact on predictions, on expectations. But he's refusing to do it because he cares more about the far left than he actually cares about American pocketbooks. Yeah, it's a hard sell to see Joe Biden go up there and tell everybody how great the economy is when my wife just tells me yesterday, did you know eggs are seven damn dollars right now? Ridiculous. The cost of groceries yeah. and things like that. Um, Tommy Piggott is our guest. He's the RNC Rapid Response Director. Let's turn our attention to the border. Now, yesterday, Joe Biden had a little speech at the White House about the border. This was his opportunity to take control of it. He could have done a lot of things. He could have fired Mayorkas. But instead, we got an app that the illegals are supposed to use to help them better get into the country. They can download an app, Tommy. Take me through what we learned yesterday. Well, basically what Biden has done is he's turned immigration law enforcement into a travel agency. Basically an agency that gives tickets to illegal immigrants to enter this country. That's basically what he's done. And then he acts surprised when people show up at the border. Newsflash to Joe Biden, when you have an open borders policy, people are going to show up to it. Uh, And he has the audacity to blame Republicans for the border crisis that he created. Uh, So really, it's kind of a doubling down here of the open borders policies that created this mess in the first place. Uh, We saw no solutions, only a blame game continuing from him. Uh, And it really is ironic, the fact that he's saying this is a a, a crisis that's existed for decades, 
when he has increased the severity of the crisis exponentially. We've seen more legal immigrants escaping into this country, more legal immigrants arriving at the border than we've ever seen in history. Uh, and so it's just more of the same from Joe Biden of opening this border and refusing to take responsibility for his actions. I think my favorite part yesterday, and Nige, you and I talked about this, he blamed the Republicans for what's happening at the border. Now, Tommy, I'm old enough to remember that when Joe Biden was sworn in, the situation at the border was nowhere near as dire as it is right now. Yeah, I was taking a look at the border encounter numbers just to see, you know, uh, remind myself of the severity of the crisis or the encounters that were arriving before Joe Biden took office. Uh, you know, there's those monthly encounters. And for about 21 months now, we've had encounters under Joe Biden above 150,000, uh, which is just astonishing numbers. Most of those months are actually above 200,000. But I went back and looked. I went back and looked 15 years. And there's zero months where encounters reached 150,000 in the 15 years before Joe Biden took office. So basically, he goes for 15 years with zero months of encounters above 150,000. And now we've had 21 months in a row with encounters above 150,000. That's not inheriting a mess. You can't blame that on Republicans. That's Joe Biden creating a mess. And there's no other way to look at it. Even with a cursory view of the facts, it's clear that Joe Biden's to blame for this. And also, just a quick note, illegal immigrants arriving at the border say they're coming because of Joe Biden's policies. They say that openly when they're interviewed. So there's, there's no hiding this. It's not a secret. Tommy, we played a clip earlier, we played several clips talking about January 6th, and uh, one of the clips was Kamala Harris comparing the events of January 6th to uh, 9-11. And it just, it, it makes me sick when I when I hear stuff like that. Um, just your kind of 30,000 foot perspective on the, the second, annu- second anniversary of January 6th and how the Democrats are, are, are using using that and treating that and, and, and the comparisons, the ridiculous comparisons they've, they've made to a couple of hundred knuckleheads uh, breaking into the Capitol. Well, I think a few things. First is that anyone that broke the law, anyone that committed acts of violence, including the person that left a pipe bomb outside the RNC, needs to be brought to justice. That's a basic element that we, we all can agree on. But I think the second part of this is when you look at what Joe Biden, what Kamala Harris are doing, is they've decided instead of uniting the country, that they want to divide the country even further. They want to use anything for political expediency. I think one of the perfect examples of this is Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat that every House Democrat has voted for for speaker the past few days here, is an election denier. But for some reason, they don't care about that. They only care about political gain. They only care about politics. And they're they're willing to level any amount of smears against their opponents, they're willing to target concerned parents and call them terrorists if they're concerned about what's happening on, in their schools. There's really no low they won't go to in terms of trying to preserve political power. So instead of uniting this country, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been dedicated in dividing this country. And it's one of Joe Biden's main broken promises compared to what he campaigned on. Tommy, last thing here before we let you go. Again, Tommy Pickett of the RNC is our guest. Uh, You mentioned the House Speaker votes for Hakeem Jeffries just a moment ago. The House has taken a little break. They are adjourned until 10 p.m. tonight. Then they will come back and continue the vote to try to find the Speaker of the House. Uh, What have you seen so far from what's happening in Washington, D.C.? What are your thoughts? Well, my thought is that we need to come together and we need to hold Joe Biden accountable. I mean, there's not really a second to spare here in terms of the border is a perfect example. The moment we get these gavels in hand, we can start the process of looking at Secretary Mayorkas, for example, and see if he's actually done his job, which I say he hasn't. 
and see if there's a case there for impeachment. I mean, that, that's an extremely important level uh, lever that Republicans can have in terms of exerting influence and stopping this border crisis. So we got to come together. I think based off of reporting, McCarthy seems to have the votes, or at least he's saying he has the votes now uh, for when there's a vote later tonight for speaker. We'll see if that's the case. But ultimately, Republicans got to come together. The stakes are too high, and we have to start holding Joe Biden accountable for the sake of the American people. Is it a bad thing, though, that this delay has taken place? Because I would argue that what you're seeing right now actually is kind of healthy. You're seeing some debate. Yes, you're seeing a little bit of infighting, but you're seeing debate. I think this is the way things are supposed to look instead of a bunch of sheep just falling in line after big donor meetings and back alley deals have been made. I think it's actually been kind of healthy. Yeah, the Republican Party is a Big Ten party in terms of a lot of different people with a lot of different priorities that come together for the sake of this country and saying that we believe in the American people, not in government. And I think, you know, that sort of internal debate is fine. Ultimately, we need to make sure our main uh, focus is on Joe Biden. So if this is a signal that we're going to have an extremely strong House caucus, that once we get this debate done, we're going to be laser focused on holding Joe Biden accountable and on delivering for the American people then I don't think there's a problem. But we have to make sure that we come together. We have to make sure we unite, and we have to make sure we stay more focused on Joe Biden than on uh, Republicans, because we have a lot more in common with uh, fellow Republicans than we have with Democrats right now that are trying to abuse power in almost every single possible way conceivable. He is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC, Tommy Piggott. Tommy, as always, we appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Oh, it's a Anybody doing dry January? No. Studio? No. Uh, So if you're doing dry January this year, no. That's where that's where you take the month of January off of imbibing. Nope. uh, Anything booze related, uh, booze, wine, spirits, whatever. Um, but look, there's some advantages if you're doing dry January. You might, and this is this weekend is going to be your first real test. So to keep you motivated, they released uh, five good things that happen to your body when you give alcohol, give up alcohol for a month. Number one, first and foremost, you might de- decrease your risk of cardiovascular disease. You drink to excess. I think everybody knows that the you know that you're increasing bad cholesterol and clogged arteries and heart disease whatever uh so number two it might reduce your risk of cancer there's a government report out there that links alcohol consumption and the development of several types of cancer uh, liver of course esophagus breast uh, colorectal cancer i swear though these studies one study says alcohol causes cancer another study says it's great for you right it's like wine uh, bacon and coffee. Those three things. <laughs> eggs, yeah. Eggs. They're good for you or they will kill you. It rotates every single month. Uh, another benefit of dry January, you might lose weight. It's not just the alcohol's calories you're cutting out. It's also like the sugar from the mixed drinks. Right. You like yourself a mixed drink in the Hammer household, don't you? I, I do. I think you called our show uh, when you were on break 
and you were drinking like some l- lemonade with uh, vodka or something Everclear. Like that. Yeah. Everclear yeah. with lemonade. <laughs> it was a uh, little concoction that the coupon lady made for the holidays. Um, uh, you would sleep better. Studies fine. That oh, bull crap. Norm- I have drank so much and blacked out before I woke up feeling great. Normal drinkers stop drinking for a month. They sleep better. They find it easier to concentrate as well. Number five, last but not least, if you're doing dry January, it could be a benefit that you could feel happier. Okay. Which is maybe the reason why you drink in the first place is to feel happy, right? No, I drink in the first place to calm myself <laughs> down and to stop the evil voices in my yeah, head. Yeah, I mean, alco- it's true. Alcohol is a depressant. And it does cause you, I mean, if you're a heavy drinker, right. to have negative mental side effects. So giving it up for a month might make you feel happier overall. I just, you know, I would do it just, uh, again, for the weight loss. And um, I'm just tired of the the hangovers. because Do you still get hangovers well, though at your age? It's, it's not so much that as... as is you're just kind of you're waking up in the morning you're groggy you're grumpy dry mouth you aren't motivated to to be productive it, it, you know when you're in your mid 40s and you had too much to drink the night before so that it's just it's so predictable right it's 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 a predictable cycle uh i am even i i realize i am having a, a brewski right here but i am during the week trying to just keep it maybe to to things that aren't as filling like i got a bottle of mccallan 12 for christmas a little bit of scotch nice to sip on when i get home as opposed to you know chugging five 16 ounce tall boys during a show during uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) during a sporting event uh, or otherwise i've always been a big believer Uh, in the american buffalo theory what's that Uh, some people would say that uh, drinking is bad for the brain i beg to differ now i think the brain works the same way that a herd of buffalo work that if one of the buffalo in a herd gets killed Thus, by eliminating that buffalo, it makes the herd more powerful. Well, if you drink alcohol and it kills a brain cell, it kills the weakest brain cell that you have. Thus, by eliminating that brain cell, it makes the mind a more efficient thinking machine. Boy, you are, I mean, that's the kind of science, that's the kind of thinking, that's kind of outside the box thinking that we should have had on the COVID task force when Donald Trump was in charge. It should be you and Burks and Fauci. And uh, with that kind of reasoning, with that kind of mind working, uh, that maybe could have worked well inside the White House. I wonder if Deb would have let me have one of her scarves. <laughs> like, if I would have gave that same speech wearing a scarf, would it had more credibility behind it? Oh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> I just ordered, like... $140 worth of beer for Beer Sample Friday. So we're covered for the next couple of uh, months. I think that's being responsible on it our is. behalf. You know, we've got it all lined up now, so don't ever feel like there's going to be a Friday where, oh crap, we forgot to order it. We sent a buttload of crap to be delivered, and uh, thanks to now our the, uh, the, sponsor, uh, Thompson the, Furniture. The, the problem for you is I, they wouldn't deliver it. I got it through... Um, Oh, not not drizzle. I got it through Total Wine uh, and Spirits up in Nora, and they wouldn't they wouldn't deliver down here to the station. So they're delivering it all to my 
to my house. That's going to your house? <laughs> yeah. You now, mean I'm gonna, now, the $144 plus dollars worth yeah. of booze, none of it's coming directly to the station. <laughs> it's just going to your house. I'm bringing it to the office Monday. I might need your help carrying it in. I will never see this alcohol, <laughs> will I? Hell, I don't even see the alcohol that's in my office because you break in and steal it and take but it I, home. I may have, I, I have a key to your office, and when you were gone for those couple of weeks, I may have uh, helped myself. I'm not going to lie to you. If you've taken anything away from this break, <laughs> just remember the American Buffalo Theory. <laughs> I love it. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! It is a beer sample Friday here on the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. Hello. Coming up here in just a little bit, Abdul will join us in studio. Is he running for mayor or not? We'll ask it every week until we get an answer. Uh, But right now, Nige, I want to start with some breaking news. We've been talking about this shooting that took place at the Castleton Square Mall. Yeah, yeah, well said. It's a horrible story where a 16-year-old is dead. A 21-year-old who I believe was involved in a mentorship program with the 16-year-old, at least that's according to the father, uh, was wounded. And it all sounds like it was because of a wrong vehicle. So two people coming out of the mall, 21-year-old, 16-year-old, they go up to a car that they thought was theirs. Same make, same model. They thought it was their car. They try to open up the door. Next thing you know, there's gunfire. This is the story that's been presented to us from the father of the 21-year-old. The 16-year-old has lost his life. Well, now we're hearing that the prosecutor here in Marion County, Ryan Mears, is recusing himself because he's got a conflict of interest involving the suspect. So we don't know what the conflict of interest is, but there will be a special prosecutor looking at what happened at the Castleton Square Mall. Well, good. I mean, at least he's whatever needs to be done to make sure this perpetrator stays behind bars for the rest of his life. I don't know all the details yet. We only have the testimony of the 21 year old's dad who said there was no ill intent. There was no altercation. He said this guy murdered the kid that opened the door accidentally. If that's the case, guy needs to be in jail for the rest of his life. I don't know why Mears would recuse himself, but if he feels like it's, you know, his participation is going to somehow hinder the prosecution of this person, then okay. Good. I'm glad he recognizes it. And the, I, I have no clue what this would be about, though. I don't. Right. I don't understand. I don't understand. But if he feels like a special prosecutor is um, the way to go here, and it's 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 better for the case, then okay, so be it. First of all, if he wants to recuse himself from every case, I'd be fine with that because then maybe some prosecutions and bad guys would stay locked up a little longer. I wish Ryan Mears would recuse himself of everything. But again, this is a crazy story because the father of the 21-year-old, the one that survived, his dad's a pastor here in Indy, said that his son's a good kid, great athlete, is involved in like a mentorship program, and they were leaving the mall. 
There was no altercation. And they just happened to like get into a car that they thought was his. And that's when the situation with the gunfire happened. Now, originally, the police stated there was some sort of altercation yeah. that took place in the parking lot. So I think there's a lot of information we still need to uh, grasp and acquire before we start judging one way or the other here. But I hate the fact that we are six days in to 2023 here in Indianapolis. We have three homicides, and all three of them are juveniles. All under the age of 18. Yes. Teenagers. That's, um, th- that is definitely a, uh, a black eye on this city to begin uh, 2023, for sure. Teens. Date number four of gavel battle. Who's going to be the Speaker of the House? Is it going to be Kevin McCarthy or are the Never Kevers going to get their Never way? <laughs> well, here we are Friday, a little bit after five o'clock. Still no Speaker of the House. There's been a little bit of a break in the action here. They're going to get back together tonight at around 10 o'clock. And we're hearing some rumor some scuttlebutt that old man Kev may have the votes and could win this thing tonight. I mean, he almost had the votes today. A bunch of flips from yesterday. People that that either voted president or voted for somebody else or or nominated somebody else. Uh, I mean, about 14 or 15 of those. He was about four shy of the 2018 needed to get that role as speaker and he claims after they adjourned today they're getting like you said back together at 10 o'clock he said at a statement at the podium saying i've got the votes this time is this tailgate worthy we staying up for this no i'm not (laughs) no my buddy is going to be on on patrol live tonight from the beach grove police department so i'll be watching that but i'll also be keeping an eye on this vote you know what was it george w bush said fool me once shame on shame on you (laughs) fool me twice we won't be fooled again i've watched this thing 13 times and there's been no speaker so i'll keep an eye on it on my phone by the way you are much more eloquent than george w bush was (laughs) thank you i appreciate that uh i'll definitely be keeping an eye on it for sure uh but it's not nothing that's tailgate worthy i'm not gonna i'm uh, We've, we, my wife and I got to catch up on some Yellowstones on the DVR. I'm not going to say, hey, what? Hey, hey, honey, let me hit pause and turn on the news here because I just got to see you if, if you got the votes or not. Should I start Yellowstone soon? Like, we you, talked about this. Yeah. You know the kind of programs that I watch. Things I can gamble on, news, and that's pretty much it. Do I have time in my life? To sit down and watch an episode or two starting after football season, and will I be okay to watch it? Do you like old westerns? Do you like western kind of like... Like, I'm weird. I I like movies like Tombstone, but I didn't like like Gunsmoke. I would almost start 1883 before you start Yellowstone. I, I don't know. Sounds like 18, a lot of work. Now we're getting into spinoffs. Tim and, McGraw and Faith Hill and Sam Elliott's better than Yellowstone. It was intense, and it's almost to the point of depressing. But, man, it was so good. And I'm going to start watching 1923, which is it has the Harrison Ford. It's all about the lineage of uh, of the characters. And, um, I, I it's, yes, my answer, simple answer is yes. Start Yellowstone. We'll start with there. Start I just with don't like Faith Hill. I never have well, liked Faith Well, that's 1883. She was really good in 1883. That's kind of like the pre- <sighs> prequel to the Dutton family. 
like every time I've seen Faith Hill on camera, no, she's good. Like there was an award show where she didn't win and she melted down on camera and it was beautiful. Well, that and that one always. year that the Colts played the Titans in the playoffs, this was like the first big playoff game of like Peyton and Edge and yeah. all those guys. She had a sweet here and she came here and was real mouthy and she just rubbed me the wrong way ever since then. Tim McGraw, I'm okay with. I feel like I could have a beer with Tim McGraw, yeah, 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 but I've yeah. never really been on board with Faith Hill. Yeah, start with Yellowstone, but but back to my original point. I'm not stopping the middle of uh, our, our show watching tonight, hitting pause and and tuning in to see if uh, he got the votes or not. That soul sucking song, I can feel you breathe. Played that damn thing a million <laughs> damn times when I worked at the Bear. It was awful. the hammer and nigel show my name is nigel jason hammer is right over there a couple things to look forward to this hour including abdul coming up a little bit after 5 30 is he gonna run for mayor or not we're gonna get right down to it he's got the exploratory committee he's accepting campaign donations well i'm accepting campaign (laughs) donations hell and then i've got it it's been a mystery for us behind the scenes all week uh we have beer sample friday coming up a little bit after 5 45 we walked into the office this week and there were two premium bottles of vodka sitting on our desks that are shaped like baseball bats. Right. It's called uh, um, it's a certain kind of vodka. and we Hall been, of Fame vodka. We, we've been scratching our heads like, who sent this to us? And then it hit me. I figured it out. We're going to try that live on there. Even though it's technically not beer. Right. You know, it's that's, you know, that's just the idea of the segment is we try new stuff. And I love the fact that we have so many friends in the booze <laughs> I know, business I know. that we didn't know who was, that would be that dropped it off. It's been driving me nuts for for the past five days. So beer sample Friday coming up at five forty five. Add dual in here before that at a little bit um, a little bit after five thirty. A little bit after the news here. Very sad news to report. Hammer. Oh no! One of your favorite stores, Bed Bath and Beyond, said that it may not survive. Warning that a bankruptcy filing may be part of their future. Oh, that's a bummer, man. I hate to see a business that's been around for a long time start to shut down and fold and file for bankruptcy. Was Bed Bath & Beyond one of the places Frank the Tank was going to go if he had more time? He, didn't he had a busy if, Saturday. He didn't, he didn't know if he had enough time. Was that one of the places from old school? I think yes. It was Home Depot, maybe? Was Not quite it? sure if he'd have enough time. <laughs> So, uh, anyway. <laughs> That's why he couldn't do the beer bong. <laughs> That's right. So, um, you know, uh, never like to see, uh, especially a store like that. My wife loves Bed Bath & Beyond. What's her favorite part? The uh, bed, the bath, or the beyond? Everything. Everything. Everything in there. They got everything. So, uh, we did find Bed Bath & Beyond's very last commercial here. Bed Bath & Beyond is running out of cash and headed towards bankruptcy. So, in order to prepare for Chapter 11, they're changing their name to Broke, Bust, and Be Gone. No oh. more saving on window coverings because it's curtains. Forget about storage oh. products. Instead, look for something that's strapped. Shopping oh. for brushes or dusting supplies? They're cleaned out. Something to disinfect or sterilize? They're all washed up. Broke, oh. bust, and be gone. Look for it in the same parking lot where you used to find Sears and Blockbuster. <laughs> Got a pretty busy little Saturday lined up. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Do you see this, this uh, couple in Jersey? They were arrested. They stole a car, right? Which is always a good idea. That always works out well. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong with the start of that? They stole a car. Their police are chasing after them. 
and they fell 21 feet off some embankment and landed onto a house. Oh. Here's the car crash with the witness talking about what happened. Oh. Bam. We thought we heard garage doors banging real loud. Unbelievable. <laughs> it was a car on top of a car. Just thankful nobody got hurt. Do people really think that the car chase thing works, like fleeing from police? Although some people, there's some rules in some Democrat-led uh, cities that say you're not allowed to chase. Uh, you're not allowed to engage in a, a, a car chase. I watch you know? a lot of On Patrol Live, which used to be called Live PD. Right. Now it's called On Patrol Live. And what I see in all these districts across the country is that if the police department feels that a police chase is going to start endangering the public, they will ease off. They will let the maniac go, and they will try to find that person a different way later on. What if they decide that it's going to like land on a house as the result of it? <laughs> Boom! We oh, my God! And can you play uh, the uh, the woman giving the speech right there? Because if you would have told me, guess the state, I would have got this right. <laughs> it's New Jersey. <laughs> Garage doors banging me yeah. out loud. Like that's Snooky's mom. <laughs> it was a car on top. Everybody's fine and no serious injuries. The uh, people were arrested. By the way, did I ever yeah. tell you about the time that I saw Snooky in Las Vegas? You saw her like yes. a person. So we were at, uh, I think it was the Mirage back in the day, and this is at the height of the Jersey Shore fame. Snooky and her entourage are walking by to the pool, and. My wife, you would have thought that like Bradley Cooper and George yeah. Clooney were yeah. walking by. Yeah, uh, that's the way the chicks are with some of these reality show stars. A couple of years ago, we were in Boca, and uh, um, uh, my wife saw a reality show star, like one of these housewives of Beverly Hills, maybe, but it was the chick that had the fake leg, and she was known for a scene in one of the uh, a clip where she took <laughs> off her fake leg and started beating somebody with it. She was beating it. somebody with the leg. Yes. And my wife was enamored every time she walked by and like refused to go. I'm like, <laughs> go get your picture taken with her. Go ask her for a picture. She probably loves She's No, no. I mean, she looked at her like she was Sandra Bullock or Jennifer right. Aniston. Right. And like, it wasn't just it. my wife, and I'm sure it was and just your wife, everybody at the pool in the Mirage, yeah. you could hear, oh, that's Snooky. Snooky, Jersey Shore, look at that. A uh, website claims the sexiest names for dudes are Jack and Nick. Jack and Nick, the sexiest <laughs> names, huh? Okay. What's this website? Can, can I get a Jason or a Nigel right. in there? Right. Man, uh, when I was growing up, like every third kid was named Jason. Yeah, you have a very distinctive name. It's almost like yeah, it's a uh, like a spy name. Almost, well, it's an old English name. Yeah, it's not a very modern name. But like Jack and Nick, everybody. Okay, if Jasons are a dime a dozen, certainly sort of Jack and Nick, and they're they're saying those are sexy names. Meanwhile, Mary and Rachel top the list of sexiest female names. Mm. Have you ever dated a hot, sexy Mary or Rachel? Not that I can recall. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of booze I, involved yeah, there. Not that I can recall. Most of them, most of my time in my 20s, especially in terms of dating, are a blur. No, no clues of names, no clues of they, they could walk up and tap me on the shoulder. Who are you? Oh, oh. Yeah, no, sorry. Rachel, that's <laughs> right. What are the other names? Um, for the guys, Nick... James, Ben, 
Joe and Peter. And these are so these are supposed to be quote unquote sexy names. Right. To me, Peter is just a nickname <laughs> for Tallywhacker, right? <laughs> Yeah. Was Todd in there? <laughs> guys named Todd. And I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. Hi, what's your name? Todd. I'm Todd. And this is Blake and Blair and Blaine and Brent. Taylor, Tyler, Jordan, Flynn. These are not real names. <laughs> the great George Carlin, ladies and gentlemen. Um... So, where were we at with Shania Twain? Were you she's a big sexy. Shania fan? Because we both played the new hit country yeah. when we were coming up in our she, DJ she's career. She's a hit machine, man. Yeah. Every song she has. Huge she hit. She was yeah, like yeah, the yeah. first like modern country chick to become a pop star. Huge star. Yeah. Yeah. Crossover. Sure. She's got uh, a new song out. Oh, yeah? It's called Giddy Up. Tell me if this does anything for you. Sure. It's not bad. She's like the queen of country pop. Not exactly the best, you know, lyric-wise song I've heard. Repeating Giddy Up over and over again. I will listen to Shania Twain do the alphabet, though. Like, I've always (laughs) had a little thing for Shania Twain. Hit machine, and she's still hot. Like, she's still got it. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago she had a Vegas residency, and uh, she announced it by having some big parade up and down the street. I was there at the time, and she had on this, like, midriff, and I think she's in her 50s, man. She still got it. She's just as hot now as she was when she was doing Any Man of Mine. Um, So, I know we, like, Mashups on this show. Yes. Where two popular songs are morphed into one. Right. Tell me if this moved the needle for you. This is a little Eddie Money and Shania Twain mashup. Let's go. <laughs> okay. It'll take me home tonight in there. Yeah. Here we go. Come on, Eddie. I want to hear some more Eddie. Yeah, bring me Eddie. Yeah. I've heard better. Yeah. I've heard better. I've heard better, yeah, too, right. but any excuse to get any money sure. on the airwaves, I'm down Absolutely. for. Uh, we got Abdul coming up next. Right now, Harrison Silcox has the news. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Jason Hammer is here at Dua Shabazz, attorney at law and longtime host here at 93 WIBC, joining us in studio. First of all, you look great, man. Happy New Year. Thank you. It's been a while since we all chatted. It has. You're dropping some uh, poundage, aren't you, man? Yes, I'm doing dry January on top of it. You're You're looking very mayoral. (laughs) (laughs) Is it okay if I say that, Abdul? (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Before we back up, before we talk about the mayor thing, did you hear those two words, dry January, Hammer? 
I tried to ignore it. <laughs> so this is something you do. Is this something I do does every year? Every year. I thought it was after Thanksgiving. Uh, no, I do, dry, there, I do dry January. I, I don't drink for 31 days. And I also uh, do it during Ramadan, which is like an Islamic holiday. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean that alone, Hammer, you're, you're dropping pounds just by all those empty calories, right? It's tough, though, man. Do you still smoke cigars? Oh, yeah. I still get downstairs Nicky Blaine's. That's, that's, that's mandatory. What people don't know is that after dry January and after Ramadan, Abdul doubles up. Well, all I know is that there's usually like a line of people after dry January who want to buy me cocktails. So. So where are we at with your decision uh, surrounding your possible uh, running for the mayor of Indianapolis? Well, uh, I think the website is all set up and ready to go. Abdul for Indy, number four, dot com. Uh, and we just uh, last night uh, got the online donation uh feature up and running because so we had to get some pip, some bank paperwork in but that's all uh taken care of and squared away and already the the money started coming in so it's so not, you're in this thing or what uh no not yet i still got to uh so you haven't made a decision yet i made a decision yet but but the exploratory committee does allows me to raise money for like polling and some other things and also allows me to, to sort of do it in a, in a formal way so that's where we are right now no decision been made yet the decision will be made after we poll and after i take all the data to my lovely wife just one more time like you sure you want to do this <laughs> What happens to the money? Like if you decide not to run, and everybody already donated to the campaign, I just give it back. Oh, that's okay. Is that okay. normal? It's like the Abdul refund. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, are you leaning one way or the other? Um, right now, I would say still fifty-fifty. I don't believe you. <laughs> if you've got a website rolling and you've got a committee and you've got money coming in, come on, Abdul, you're in this thing, aren't you? It's still 50-50, old friend. Tell me how the- not, 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 not until the wife officially says yes. Is your wife on the exploratory committee? No. Okay. Who, so tell me about these guys. Like anything we need to know about? What exactly are they doing for you? I oh, know they're all, all friends of mine. I've known them all for years. Uh, some do campaign finance, some do organizations, some do mailers. So we're just basically putting all those folks uh, together, and then uh, I want to say like next week, I'm gonna start uh, putting together sort of the bigger, like here's your campaign manager, here's your official campaign treasurer, treasurer, here's your kitchen cabinet, your people who you use for like public safety, roads, infrastructure, whose brains you pick on occasion. If you do decide to get in this thing, and eventually there's debate prep where you're gonna have to go toe to toe against Boss Hogsett possibly. Can I be the guy that plays Boss Hogsett in your preparation? Because I'll just show in there hammer drunk and you know pants around my ankle. I might not even show up like he did with the riots. Well, I, I don't necessarily think that's necessary. I appreciate the offer. Don't okay. give me the, the I'm here for I, you, I, my friend. And I, hey, for 20 years, yes, you have been, old friend. I, I appreciate that. Uh, however, I do think... Uh, if I do decide to do it and do become the nominee, a debate would be interesting because Joe and I technically have been debating since we became mayor. Because whenever we have a news conference, I'd ask him questions, he'd answer back. So we've already sort of got experience sort of working with. I know easy. a question you can ask. I do too. Where were, <laughs> Where were you, you the night hey. of the riot? Nights of the riots. But first, you got to get past the GOP primary. Yes, and there are two people in the primary right now, uh, Pastor James Jackson, uh, Eastside. And then there's another gentleman who's from Decatur Township who's uh, kind of. Um, Let's say not all not operate on all thrusters. Let's put it that. Way. Oh, okay, Boy. all right. When then. can we expect a decision? Sorry if you already covered that. February by February third. That's the filing deadline. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's creeping up on us. Yep, here. less than a month. So let's get into some business that's going to be happening before then. The Indiana General Assembly getting ready to get everything rolling next week. What are we looking at? Uh, we're looking at the budget because it's a budget year. So naturally, that's uh, the main priority. Uh, Indiana's doing okay when it comes to revenue, but they've got some some challenges in there. 
uh, that people want to spend money that we don't necessarily have, so we got to figure all that out. Uh, the governor has a big health care initiative. What money don't we have? I thought we had like a major surplus, Abdul. We have a we technically, if you, if you add all the numbers together, we have a six billion dollar surplus. However, not all that six billion dollars is for surplus purposes. Got to have your got to have money set aside for your pensions. Uh, other programs, so it's really only about actually two billion dollars. And since when does not having a, uh, enough money ever stop the government from spending it? I would say in Indiana since two thousand five, <laughs> okay. since Mitch Daniels got elected. Governor. Okay, so it is a budget year. Um, what are going to be some of the headlines coming out of this session? Some of the things that are going to get people talking around the dinner table. Um, actually, I think it's I think it's a smaller stuff because obviously, you know, states got to pass budgets, so no one really gets excited over a budget except you're like me or Rob Kendall or somebody somebody like that. Um, I think it's going to be uh, what do they do with education? Uh, what do they do with uh, are they, do they make school boards partisan elections? And so you got elect school board members in primaries. And I think that's going to be a possible topic of with conversation. Education. Let me stop you right there. One of the things that we're kind of hearing through the grapevine is that Governor Holcomb might be all in on free textbooks for yes. the students and where would that money come from uh basically it would come from, from it would come from the state budget because it'd be like 180 million dollars i think and some change annually because the the governor's made it perfectly clear and i never understood this either why students are charged a textbook rental fee it's one thing if you're in college i get that but if you're in grammar school or elementary school or high school i've never understood that uh, and it's been a big pain in the butt for a lot of parents so that I'm actually all for getting rid of that textbook fee and having either the school pick it up or the state pick it up. I know this is a totally separate subject, but is there a bigger scam than college textbooks? Because you end up having to buy this stupid book written by your professor that was just printed off at Kinko's <laughs> yeah. for like a hundred bucks, and you try to return it, and if you get anything, you get five bucks. It's a total scam. Well, you see, this is why you get to do what I did, what I did during college, which was I did not buy my textbooks; I rented them. From people who had taken the class before, right? Or if I had to, if you or, can find them used, yeah. though, or or, or or if I bought the textbook, then I would just rent it out over the course of the next two three semesters and get my money back. Okay, sorry, sorry to derail us right there, but the college textbook thing is a total scam. Well, you're going to uh, have uh, to experience it here this uh, next year, Hammer, with your kid going to college. See, but you, see, but you could be like writing to Adrian back to school. Look, these books have already been read. They also already been underlined. So what? The guy who underlined them, he could have been a maniac. Yeah. Hey, new textbooks for everybody. <laughs> Great. Reference. I think a couple, I think a couple of those pennants. Great uh, reference. I'd like to tame your shoe. Exactly. I know you. You're big and fat. Uh, yeah, and you're short and ugly. Give my pen back. <laughs> Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. <laughs> with us uh, it feels like we have to ask this question every time the lawmakers get together legal weed where are we at um uh, interesting because i just interviewed uh indiana normal they're the people who want to normalize marijuana laws uh here in indiana uh they think they feel more positive about it now than they ever have before i don't think but they just said that because they're high <laughs> no no, they, no they, they're, they're pretty much sober when, when, when i interviewed them me that was one who was on toked up at the time are you the one that gets in the elevator <laughs> that takes us down to the parking garage abdul because when nige and i leave here every evening you would think that weed was legal in the city of indianapolis in the state of indiana well i just do edibles so i don't do the smoking stuff so i just smoke cigars just kidding just kidding just kidding uh no they, they feel they feel better about the about the subject uh like i said we had poll after poll 80 percent of the population in indiana sports either recreational or medicinal uh there's only like a handful of opposition in the state house but i do think we'll probably see some movement on legalized marijuana uh particularly either either medicinal marijuana or for that matter you'll see them start to put a procedure in place so when it does become legal, all you gotta do is just flip the switch and go. What about the property tax stuff, man? It seems like Hoosiers are going to start uh, running into a real problem here coming up. 
Um, we'll know for sure about property taxes at the end of the month because by then the Department of Local Government and Finance will put out all the rates. And so then once you get the rates, you know what your property taxes are. Uh, but I did a conversation with David Baudoff. He's the head of the Association of Indiana Counties. They just did a big property tax study survey, and this will be on the show tomorrow and also online uh, tomorrow at noon. Uh, what they did was they, they did a study, and they found your property tax bill will probably go up on average. And this is average between 5 and 8%. Obviously, it's going to be lower than 5 It's going to be more more than eight, but that's what they're looking at uh, sort of right now. And unfortunately, there's really nothing lawmakers can do about your property tax bills now because it's going to be too late, unless they give you like a property tax credit on your on your tax bill. Uh, but the question is, it's the assessments on one hand, it's the tax bill on the other hand. And so you, you can't mess with one without messing with the other, and it's really complicated. But they say it's too late now. I think a lot of people saw this problem coming. Why didn't they address this earlier? Well, first of all, they weren't in the session at the time. They were, right, they, but you have to have a plan in place, though. Like, once you get to session, this is what we're going to do day one to make sure that this problem doesn't happen. Well, the thing is, you, because, of, because of the anomaly of what happened with our property tax values, because you have to you know the, the COVID and the shortage of property or the shortage of materials and building property, that, that jacked up a lot of home rates. And the home rates actually went up about like 11% on average and some change. Now, with that said... You could probably do something, but what? But what can you really do about assessments? Because let's say, uh, uh, here we go. Hammer and Nigel live next to each other. God forbid. Hammer does twelve thousand dollars worth of improvements on his home, but Nigel does nothing. And so let's say we're going to freeze the assessments. Fine. So you both are paying the same thing, but actually, you're paying more because you didn't make any improvements on your house, whereas Nigel's actually paying less because his house gotcha. is worth twelve thousand dollars more, but his assessment is the same as what it was before. So it's a lot more complicated than you think. And it's sort of like if you turn one knob over here, it's like all the little different gear shifts. You, you also got to turn this knob over here. So it's a little complicated. It's a racket is what it is. It's, it's, you, never <laughs> truly rent, uh, you never truly own your house. No, no, not to say. See, I, I disagree with that because I, I hear that all the time. Like if you haven't paid property taxes, you never own your home. Well, but see, but here's the thing. Your home gets police, your home gets fire, your home gets roads, your home gets sewers, your home gets schools. The, the land should be tied, the value of the land should be tied to the yeah. services that it gets. Now, there is talk about eliminating the state income tax, but that's going to be like years down the road. Other states have done that. Texas and Florida, just to name a few. I like that idea. Yeah, but they also had to raise their sales taxes. Yeah, that's the thing. I live in Texas. No state income tax, but a fifth of Jack Daniels is like 40 bucks or something ridiculous. Like I said, you turn like one that. knob, yeah, you know, right. impact in the other knob. Hey, have you seen, before we let you go, you seen any movies lately? You're a movie buff. You seen Avatar? Uh, did you uh, go see that yet? Uh, no, not yet. I, I go, I'm like, who asked for Avatar 2? Uh, Again, it's just a rip off of Smurfs, right? It's, it's, it's blue Smurfs <laughs> with, with, with swords and, and arrows no the last movie we saw was uh black adam how was it, it was, oh that's that was the rock right yeah, yeah it, it was it okay it didn't do too well at the box office now dc has never done really well with his yeah. movies dc's always done better with his tv shows whereas marvel's always done better with right. his movies tell us about your show tomorrow uh getting ready for the first day of the legislature so we've got uh say chamber uh association of counties uh, indiana fiscal policy institute and our friends from the marijuana folks what all, time uh tomorrow one o'clock abdul thank you Thanks, abdul. hey thank you gentlemen nige ready for some beer yeah i'm ready for it's a question that doesn't really even need asking <laughs> it's kind of a rhetorical just, question. just look at me and say nigel beer and i'll shake my head beer sample friday next right now hammer and nigel present uh, uh, beer sample friday
I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Yeah, thanks to our sponsors, Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. It's because of Spencer and those guys. We're, yeah, we can do this segment. In fact, I just placed a huge beer order delivery on their dime. Oh. <laughs> I had to get it. They wouldn't deliver it to, to our offices, so it's all coming to my house tomorrow. Oh, of course so it gonna, is. We're going to be good. But and the chances gonna... that I'll see any of this are what? About the same as Matt Gates getting his way? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you and I walked in the office the other day. We're not going to try beer this time. Uh, we walked in our office, and we had these two baseball bat-looking bottles of vodka. And it's called Hall of Fame Vodka. And we were both scratching our heads like, who sent is this what in the world hall of fame spirit it's not available in indiana and then it hit me i remember i interviewed a guy named bubba draper while you were gone in december he's a liquor industry expert we just generally were talking about how well the liquor industry is is recession proof how it's inflation proof how it's pandemic proof and how well you know all the reasons why uh you know that industry did so well i spent a lot of money during the pandemic man so so we walk in our office and i forgot that I talked to Bubba Draper, and this is his vodka. And you could go back to the archives to listen to it here. Uh, but uh, Hall of Fame vodka made in the USA. And it comes in like a baseball yeah, bat kind like baseball of uh, container. And I've been dying to try this here. Um, so we're going to do a little uh, vodka here. Yeah, so it's not beer, but this is like the good stuff vodka. This is the, this is not like your typical well... The stuff I drank yeah, in college. The, the, not the stuff that you, um, you know, comes in a, uh, a plastic jug and it costs <laughs> $5. Cheers to uh, Hall of Fame Vodka. Cheers, Cheers to my Bubba friend. Draper for getting this to us. Mmm. It's delicious. So smooth. Goes right down. I mean, it is unbelievable. And they don't. It's gluten free. They don't use additives or anything. So thanks to Bubba, that was delicious. If you could get your hands on a Hall of Fame uh, bottle of Hall of Fame vodka, by all means, do so. The Hammer and Nigel Show, ninety three WIBC.